I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Saturday, May 29th, 2021, and this is episode 121 of My Imaginary Friends. Um, I think it's 122. It is. I didn't change the intro. It's episode 122 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is that Howard University, my alma mater, um, reopened the College of Fine Arts and named it after actor Chadwick Boseman. So little story time. I was at Howard from 95 to 99. And right in the middle of it, I guess it was my junior year, is when they decided they were closing the College of Fine Arts and wrapping it up into liberal arts, I think. So before then, you could get a BFA in fine arts. And they're making the decision to take away the BFA degree and make them get a BA, which for the people in that program just meant they would take less arts classes. They'd have to take more general liberal arts classes. And so we protested. And um, I didn't remember that Chad was like one of the leaders of the protest. I was not in the School of Fine Arts. I was in the School of Communications. I was a radio TV film major. But we worked closely with the actors who were in our films and, um, you know, there's a lot of interplay between School of C and College of Fine Arts. So, yeah, and I wasn't a part of the full three-day sit-in in the, in the A building, the administrative, administrative building, because we basically took over the A building. I was there for like one of the three days because I need to sleep and I don't do like <laughs> – I guess I was not uh, – I'm not going to front and be like I was like as down for the cause as the people who were there for all three days. But I was a part of the protest. I do remember. And – um I remember feeling like like a part of something like Howard has a lot of tradition of protests and they they took over the A building in the 80s I believe. I believe it was someone who was appointed to the board of trustees who was like Spiro Agnew or somebody I'd have to look it up. Um and then I think in the 60s and 70s people took over the A building and protested and had sit-ins for various reasons and this was our reason. So it wasn't as maybe as political as some of the other protests that had happened, but it was important. I mean, people who came there, school of, I mean, the College of Fine Arts to get a fine arts degree. And, you know, they were going to be able to, I think, finish their degrees, but the future, it, it makes a big difference to an artist, the classes that you take, you know, like if you are taking more art classes to hone your craft and all of that, as opposed to making you take more history classes, which I guess would have a more well-rounded education, but you're not honing your craft in the same way. Anyway, didn't work. They did what they were doing. They closed the College of Fine Arts. They took away the BFA, but now they're bringing it back. Felicia Rashad is going to be the dean, and they're naming it after Chad. And uh, I saw this news, and it was just like amazing, you know, because I, right now, you know, Chad is one of the most well-known graduates of um, like the era that I was there. You know, we were there with Ta-Nehisi Coates and like, there's other people who were there at, at Howard in the late 90s who were doing really great, amazing, very cool, wonderful things. Um, but, you know, Chad dying so young and having been part of, you know, Black Panther, the franchise, and just all of his other accomplishments as an actor – which, if you're paying attention back then, you know, you never know. Like, you, hindsight is twenty twenty. You look back and be like, oh, yeah, he was a real go-getter, which he was. And I've talked about Chad before when he passed away. 
But uh, yeah, just seeing this, it was a really interesting statement, a really wonderful legacy, and it made me happy. And there's an article in Variety um, that posted a tweet from his his Twitter account, whoever is keeping it up, had a uh, the front page of the Hilltop, the newspaper for Howard University from 97, which shows, you know, Chad and his girlfriend at the time, Suzette, who were kind of like a group together. They were, it was always Chad and Suzette, and they were a powerful force <laughs> for many things. And they were just at the forefront of this. So it's it's a wonderful way to honor to honor him. And uh, very, very cool. Writing update. I am working on my futuristic portal paranormal romance shifter story with dragons. Savage City is the name of it still. And I am at 55,082 words so far. I finished drafting the first draft of of chapter 20. I have 24 chapters planned plus an epilogue. We'll see if any of those chapters need to be split into more. So I am coming up on the end. The writing in the second half has gone slower, which I should have known that it would. I think it always does because I just know a little less about it. And I'm at, I'm back at that point in the writing where was this a good idea? I'm not sure. Is this a good story? I'm no, I don't know. I'm just feeling those types of feelings about it. Uh, I did two fast drafts for chapters 19 and 20 that I have to go back and revise. So that's part of it. When I leave a, leave a scene or a chapter in that state, in that original raw, this is crap state and don't go back and fix it or I haven't yet gone back and fixed it. It doesn't, it makes me feel even worse about it. So it's sort of this up and down cycle of, of writing that is normal to the process. It happens with every book, but yeah, I'm in it now. I'm in it. Like I, I have no idea if this is good. I feel like it's missing something. It's, is the idea even worthy of a book? It was this a good, idea? like all of that, all of that's happening. So I will not bore you with all of the details, but if it is comforting in some way to know, like hopefully I'll look back at this once the book has come out and I'm happy with it again and be like, that was just something I had to go through. It's something that I always go through and there it is. So I would really love to get it done in the next two weeks. Um, you'd think four chapters I might be able to get done in a week, but I still have decisions to make. 19 and 20, I, I, as I was drafting them, I realized I don't know enough about what's happening. And usually, you know, they talk about the iceberg theory of writing, where, you know, 90% is under the surface. So there's 90% of this world and the story is not actually on the page, but I have to note. And even though the story has been in my head for a really long time, in this iteration, there are just things that I don't know that I haven't figured out. I kept doing these, like writing, um, these kind of big plot holes for myself where I'd realize the next chapter, like, oh no, that couldn't have happened. That completely contradicts something else. Or, and so going back and fixing that, writing this quickly is also leaving me feeling like I'm on shaky ground. Uh, like the people who are able to write really fast, especially in, in fantasy or science fiction, uh, paranormal, things that have world building. It's, it's, it's always amazing to me, people who can write like a book a month or very, very quickly. And, um, but also because I I haven't spent, I keep saying I spent years thinking about this book, which I have, 
but I haven't spent as much time on the ground, like boots on the ground in this world as I have with other worlds. And so, and I've been changing things, you know, over the course of those years. So yeah, some part of me just feels a little unmoored. And that's a word I use a lot. And I don't know why it's a weird word, unmoored. I I was critiquing someone and, and, and wrote that and I was just like, I don't know why I use that word so much, but it just feels like it's the right word. But like not grounded, you know, like I'm on shaky ground a little bit. And some of that is just the, because the story has gone so quickly for me. You know, I've, I think I'm in my sixth week of writing. I have a, a chart. If I finish this draft in, in, in two months and it's a fairly clean draft, I'm going to go over it again and then give it to the editor. It's still the fastest thing I've done at this length. So I believe, don't quote me on that, but it feels like the fastest thing. Yeah. And so that kind of leaves me feeling like, okay, am I, have I created holes or logic leaps that I didn't know, or there's just, is there too much unsaid? Is not enough on the page? Like, I'm just a ball of questions and and insecurities about the story at the moment. Other news, I am in the middle of Balticon, the Baltimore Science Fiction and Fantasy Con. I've done two out of my four panels so far, and I'm doing a reading tomorrow. I think... I think there'll be video saved of this. Um, if anyone wants to go back and watch it, I will dig up the links at some point. Um, but yeah, they've been good panels, good discussions. It's always interesting. Like as much as a, of an introvert as I am, I love talking about books and writing and meeting new people, finding out about new authors uh, that I'm on panels with and things like that. The hardest thing for me on a panel is when they ask you, what what books do you love? What book does this and that? You know, I was just on one about ending your series, ending your saga. And the moderator asked about, oh, what, you know, what series endings are you really looking forward to? And if you ask me about a book on the spot, my mind will draw a complete blank. You know, like, have I read a book before in my life? I don't know. I can't think of the names of any books. <laughs> I could turn around and like, but you know, the books on my shelves, the fiction books are usually older books that I either read years ago, some of them I haven't even read yet, but um, because everything I read now is is digital, it's on Kindle. So it's like, oh, I could open up my Kindle, like scroll through and like, oh, I'm reading this series. And I, I downloaded these two books, but I'm waiting for the third to come out before I read it. And but that information is not in my head. I try to come up with lists of like, for recommendations, because those are common questions. And then, of course, I didn't pull up the list before I got on the panel. So I have to prepare in those ways because my memory, just nothing, nothing shows up. I'm not quick. You know, I'm not like quick witted. I'm not particularly witty. Um, I don't have quips that come quickly and I don't have book, re- book recommendations that come quickly. So I just accept that about myself, even though I wish it was different. <laughs> for a panel that I'm on later today, I had to rewatch the Old Guard movie last night. It's on the Old Guard, and I'm going to be on a panel tomorrow that I'm actually moderating and have to come up with questions for. That's on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I didn't rewatch. I'm just going to, probably before tomorrow, before I write the questions, I'm going to just look at some articles about the series to refresh myself and maybe do some recaps, read some recaps. But I did actually rewatch the Old Guard last night, and... You know, we were, my husband was semi watching it. He was in the kitchen doing some work while I was sitting there, um, watching it again. And we were like, why isn't this movie better? 
Like, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. But it wasn't great, you know. And we were kind of just going back and forth talking about what would have made it great. And I know it was based on a graphic novel, and I don't know. I'm sure I'll find out at the panel, because I think some of the people on the panel have read the graphic novel. Um, you know, how how closely it hues? Was it too close? Was it not close enough? The story wasn't bad. You know, I thought the script was fine. It wasn't outstanding, but it wasn't terrible. The acting seemed strong. I, I don't know. I don't know. Something, there was that little, like, that je ne sais quoi that was missing. That, that's, that kept it from being, like, a great movie. And maybe I'll have some more insights after the panel today. Another show that I need to get back to uh, that I kind of don't want to, but I told my friend I would, is The Nevers. I started watching it, you know, I watched the first episode, and I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna continue with this. And then my friend was like, oh no, no, you have to finish watching, cause, um, there's something that happened that she thought I would really enjoy. So I watched the second and the third, and I'm like, eh, <laughs> I don't really need to continue. But I told her I'd watch the last three, this, the sixth one came out a couple weeks ago, cause it's like a six episode arc, and then they have to finish shooting the rest of it, I guess. Um, and it's just one of those things where, yeah, what would have made that great? On paper, you know, steampunk, women, mostly women with powers. I, I do really like the acting and the actors, um, the main woman uh, and the Irish girl. And then there's things I really don't like that are kind of like leave me feeling squishy and squicky. I don't love the the villain. I don't really get her. Um, but yeah, it's like... I should be better at analyzing things. And I'm not super analytical when I am consuming media. Like some authors, especially when they edit, you know, can't turn off that editor brain, that critiquing brain. And I don't have that problem. <laughs> I have a problem turning it on. One thing I, I do have, I have been training myself in terms of story structure so that I will notice, okay, now we're in act two. This is the, this must be the midpoint. You know, this is the all is lost. I will notice the story beats like that. But other analytical things about stories that I, I consume, I just, I'm not great at that. And that would probably help me. Because I have been critiquing. I'm, I'm, I decided to take this this class that I saw um, someone tweet about. And spur of the moment, I was just like, it started the next week. And it's like an eight-week class on scenes. And I was like, a lot of the the work and study I've done has been on big picture, structure, um, you know, outlining, plotting. But focusing on how to improve your scenes is something that I felt I could use. And so it was coming right on time, and I'm excited about it. Uh, but it, it, part of the class is actually we're in groups and we're critiquing each other. And I do I, I do actually really enjoy critique. And there's sort of an art to being critiqued, and that is the thing that is unknown. Like, I don't know if the people I'm critiquing necessarily um, – because you never know how how they'll take it. And I've been told in the past, even though I try to be really like gentle and I do the sandwich thing where you say something good, then you critique, then you say something good at the end. Um, but that's one of those things where I've been told that, and not in these words, but that I guess my critique was harsh and I thought I was being really gentle. So that's like a me thing and not, and also maybe a them thing. Like what is what was their expectation of what was happening? Um so I do feel like when I'm, when I'm sitting down with the purpose of analyzing a text, I feel like I do that fairly well. Now, other people may disagree. <laughs> and I feel comfortable doing that. 
But yeah, when I'm watching something for pleasure, that doesn't creep into my brain usually, unless I guess it is something just obvious, just actively bad. Um, and there are sometimes structurally where I was like, oh, this should be happening, but it's not. So they're not following the normal structure, quote unquote, which is cool. Like innovate, do something cool. If it works, it's great. If it doesn't work, you're like, yeah, you should have just done the structure. Just like have your three acts, have your points. You can innovate within that. But um, if you're not great at it, if you're at, at like working outside the box, then a lot of times it's just a mess, you know, which is why I like the structure. Anyway, um, I'm also started the Earth Singer read along on Instagram. I did the first post today, so that's happening all summer long. We're going four, four weeks for every group of books, and hopefully that will be cool and people will get something out of that. I'm going to do a giveaway, I think, at the end of each book. Yeah, if you are listening in real time, or you can go back on my Instagram feed and find the posts that are the read-along posts. I hope it will be a good lead-in to the end of the saga. <laughs> So Q&A, uh, as a reminder, if you have a question for me, you can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com and I will try to answer your question on the podcast. So this question is, what is the best or worst fan interaction you've ever had? I haven't had any bad interactions with actual people who've read the book and and I would maybe fans, um, but I had a, a strange interaction at uh, BookCon, Book Expo, BEA whatever it's called. It was at the Javits Center in New York, one of the big book fair. I was signing books and this guy, this white guy came up to me and was like, pitch me your book in a very like not aggressive, sort of an asshole-ish manner. So I gave him the pitch and he was like, wait, the black people have magic and the white people don't? Why is that? Another person who happened to be a white man who had critiqued an early version of the book was like, oh, so dark skin gives you magic? And it seems like that's a take that I've only ever heard from white men. And maybe other people have this too. But like, I find that odd and interesting. And the whole interaction just kind of devolved a little bit from there. He was just, I think he was just like a jerk as a person. And so that was, stands out in my mind. It's just like a negative thing. Like, he didn't end up buying. It wasn't even buying. I think he was giving those books away. No, no, you had to buy them at BookCon. Whatever it was. He didn't get the book, which is fine. Like, it wasn't. I don't think he would have enjoyed it at that point after that interaction. Um, and I don't know if anything stands out as the best one. I mean, in general, if someone comes up and is really excited and has read everything and wants like everything signed, that's always super exciting and just like really gratifying to see. And yeah, I, I do miss, I miss signings. I miss meeting people in person. And I guess that's starting to happen again. Hopefully we'll, we'll be smooth sailing from here, you know. Pandemic wise, and and uh, I will get back out in the streets and like meet people again, and sign things. If you had to nickname your fan base, what would you name us? That is an interesting thing. So I spent some time early on, like trying to come up with a name. So in true nerd fashion, I wanted it to be a recursive acronym. So a recursive acronym is where it's like uh, GNU's not Unix is like a um, the first word in the acronym is the acronym. So GNU, G-N-U, stands for GNU's not Unix. Uh, that's the, the main one that I can think of right now. I'm sure there are others. Um, 
So I had brainstormed a bunch of things and actually picked one and then I tried to use it for like a second and a half. And then I was like, oh, I don't know. I started second guessing myself. And I was like, maybe people should pick their own acronym or their own nickname for themselves. And, and it might be too much for me to try to do it. And so the one I picked was the heart troop. And I think it stood for the heart extraordinarily awesome reader troop. So it was double recursive because heart and troop were both part of it. There's another word for that that I can't remember. Um, and then I was like, no, that doesn't work. So <laughs> I don't have one. So someone would like to come up with a name. I'm open to suggestions. And then which piece of work of yours do you think would make the coolest video game, TV series, movie, doll line? Do you think your fans would agree with you on that one? <laughs> I think having a doll line would be awesome. Um, I mean, I think Earthsinger Chronicles would make an awesome TV show. I think you could get four or five seasons out of it easily with, you know, the books and the novellas. Um, video game? Maybe not so much. I'm not a huge gamer, so I wonder if Angelborn would be kind of interesting as a game. You could have, like, the angels running around and you've got all the conflict. And it's interesting because the third angel book, of which we do not speak, has a lot more of that politics and um, the archangels and all that other stuff going on. For those on video, I'm finishing this with my other camera because my first camera kept dying. And I hate this camera. <laughs> anyway, so a doll line, hey, take your pick. I think a Jasmine doll, a Kiara doll would be fantastic. So that's it for me for this week. I uh, Goals for next week you know, get through hopefully three-ish chapters of Savage City. And I have some, the other project that I've been waiting on, I got the feedback for that. So I have to work that into the schedule now. And, and that's going to take up some space in my brain for a while. And then I have the new book contract that still hasn't announced is for two books. And so the second book is due next summer. So I have to start conceiving of it, doing the early stage, thinking about it because I want to write it for NaNoWriMo. So there's a lot coming up this summer. The summer's going to be busy as I will probably be revising the heist book uh, at some point because it goes for developmental edits very soon. And then Cyber City, working on that, revising that, this other project, and then the second contracted book. <laughs> I like being busy. But yes, for this week, it's uh, all about Cyber City, getting that wrapped up so that I can get some feedback on it and make it better. Like, I'll feel better about it. I will know if it's worth publishing. In the case that it's not, then we will. I mean, it's not going to be not worth publishing. I don't, I don't think it's that bad, but I'm not reliable right now, as my friend Cerise likes to say. I'm in a very unreliable headspace about this book, so... I hope that you have a wonderful week and a wonderful Memorial Day, if you're listening to this uh, on the day that it comes out. And I hope you're having better weather than we are, although by Monday, I think our weather should improve. Anyway, happy reading. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts. <laughs>